On January 12th of 2010, a 7.0 magnitude earthquake ravaged Haiti. With an epicenter just west of Port-au-Prince, that's Haiti's capital. Hi, I'm Chris May, writer, producer, and host of This Day in Weather History, now in its second year from the Weather Network in Canada. An estimated 3 million people were affected by the quake. That equates to one-fifth or 20% of the nation's 10.4 million person population at that time. It happened this day in weather history. There will always be those naturally occurring events that will stop life in its tracks as a world watches one of its landmasses suffer an incredible and oftentimes unavoidable tragedy. One of the most horrifying facts from this January 12th earthquake story out of Haiti is that by January 24th, that's almost two weeks after the initial quake, there had been no fewer than 52 aftershocks measuring 4.5 or greater. In many countries around the world, a 4.5 would be bad enough, but this was the mean average for just the aftershocks in this truly impoverished nation. I dare say that accuracy in record keeping was less than accurate, and that is why the ultimate death toll numbers are still just estimates. And even at that, they have a massive gaping range from between about 100 to 160,000. But there are other figures that are pegging it on a different scale ranging from between 220 and 316,000 people. Although these latter figures are a matter of some dispute. So why such poor information and why are figures for something as critical as a nation's death toll a, quote, matter of some dispute? Poverty is its illness. Haiti, for a myriad of reasons, has held a long history of national debt. This is, at least in part, due to prejudicial trade policies by other countries and the constant intervention by foreign interests into their national affairs. But you also have those on the inside who contribute to this for personal power and gain. And when you tie all of this together, you have a population of over 10 million people, most of whom are merely existing in poverty and poor housing conditions. So when you take that pathetic infrastructure and you level it, with a 7.0 magnitude earthquake, you will have the reason behind the increased death toll from this disaster. Welcome to year two of this podcast. Right now, you're listening to the full version of today's story on your favorite podcast provider. But there's also the daily podcast video short. They're shot right here in my podcast recording studio, so you get that perspective. But oftentimes, they will include visuals from that day's event from when it happened in weather history. So after listening to the full story, go check out the podcast video short on television or online anytime at theweathernetwork.com forward slash weather history. The government of Haiti estimated that a quarter of a million homes along with 30,000 commercial buildings were destroyed or at the very least severely damaged. Among those buildings were notable landmarks. Many were significantly damaged or completely destroyed. These included the Haitian Presidential Palace, the National Assembly Building, and the historic and beautiful Port-au-Prince Cathedral. Also among the rubble was the headquarters of the United Nations Stabilization Mission in Haiti. It was located in the capital, and it collapsed, killing many, including the mission's chief, Hedi Anabi. Another reason for the very high body count is the fact that the epicenter was as close as it was to the capital and highly densely populated center of Port-au-Prince. 
As a result of this earthquake, more than 600,000 people had to leave the demolished Port-au-Prince city to stay with families outside the capital. But that is only part of the tally. The quake displaced over 1.5 million people, and many, if not most of those, were put up in those makeshift camps we all saw on television that sprung up to shelter them. It looked like a refugee war camp, but these are people who were native sons and daughters of this island nation. And even more tragic is that even as of seven years after that, 55,000 were still living in those camps. Now the cost. It cost between 7.8 and 8.5 billion dollars USD in damage at that time. But it was estimated that the costs as the recovery continued would cause this total to soar closer to 14 billion over time. So Haiti needed help and fast. Many countries responded to appeals for humanitarian aid, pledging funds and dispatching rescue and medical teams, engineers and support personnel, but it was not easy. The quake caused the already poor infrastructure of Haiti to suffer, and it was critical. Communication systems, air, land and sea transport facilities, hospitals and electrical networks had all been damaged by the earthquake. Without these essential services, all rescue and aid efforts were either hampered or impossible. Everyone from around the world wanted to help, but this is a tiny half of an island known as Hispaniola and what rugged airport facilities there were before, they were crumbled by the quake. So now we had air traffic congestion and problems with prioritizing flights, and this further complicated the early relief work. This day in weather history. I'm going to dispense with the music. Not after that story. Doesn't seem right. All I want to say is that tomorrow is January 13th, and it was here in 1982 when a Boeing 737 crashed into the 14th Street Bridge over the Potomac River. We'll explain how and why tomorrow on this day in weather history with me, your host, Chris May.